Welcome to episode number 96 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. I'm excited about today's podcast because we're kicking off a new series entitled God's Generosity, What's in it for me. Now, it's kind of an interesting play on words, but I hope you'll stay with me through this new series because we're going to talk about generosity. We're going to talk about especially God's generosity. So I've entitled the first session just simply Our Generous God. The series is going to cover a number of aspects, a number of areas dealing with generosity. Today we'll talk about what is generosity and understanding what it's all about and how many people describe generosity that quite frankly is not generosity at all. Then we're going to talk about a little bit today, we're going to touch on the issue of what's in it for me. When I'm a generous person, is there something I get blessed with? Now that doesn't mean that we should be generous in order to get something out of us. What I want to focus on is because we are generous, there will be a blessing for us. There is something in it for us also. There's another topic I may touch on today. We may or may not get there because there's so many issues we want to discuss in this series, and that has to do with give and you shall receive. We're going to be in upcoming podcasts talking about marriage and generosity, the local church, what kind of giving produces growth, and that if we give respect generously, we'll receive a generous return of respect in our life. We're going to talk about generosity is generational and that there's motives that we should have when it comes to generosity. We'll talk about money and about tithing and about being generous and about radical giving. We're going to get into the topic of understanding whether we should give or not give and where we should give of our time, finances, and talent and where we should not. We're going to also discuss having a legacy of generosity. I'm going to have, a, I should say, a couple of podcasts that will be about investing and prosperity and generous living. So this is going to be exciting. I'm really enjoying talking about issues like prosperity and faith. And those are the things that we talk about in our podcast called Quality Christian Living. The idea of Quality Christian Living is that I can help you understand what it is and how it is to live a wonderful quality Christian life, to feel the joy of the Lord, to have an abundant life, to have an overabundance of happiness and peace in our lives. So that may seem impossible, but it's really not because God's word gives us numerous examples of how we can live that kind of life. So before we get into today's session on generosity and how God wants to be so generous to us, let's pray and ask for the Holy Spirit's direction. I ask you, Father, to help us now and that you would anoint this teaching. Pray that you would bless it and anoint it and bring it to a level, Lord, that I've not been able to write about or talk about in the past. I believe that these folks have tuned in to hear a teaching on God's generosity, and I need, Lord, your generous supply of anointing and wisdom and guidance. So I pray that you would bless it, and I pray that you would open up the hearts and the ears, Lord, of those, Father God, who are listening in today. Bless them, Father, and may they receive a generous portion of your goodness, Father, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. The podcast series that we're just coming out of was dealing with faith, faith to receive. And that teaching, I believe, set a foundation of understanding how God wants to bless us and the fact that God wants our faith to grow and to prosper. Prior to that, I did a lengthy series on prosperity. I talked about spiritual prosperity leads to financial prosperity. So the reason I'm mentioning these is that you can go back at any time and listen to these various topics on how to live a quality Christian life. So today, though, we're going to jump into understanding the God that we serve, what a great and wonderful, generous God that we serve. This particular teaching is based upon a book that I've written entitled, Generosity, What's in it for me? 
Now, it was a book written to explain and get people to understand what generosity is all about. And you can't talk about generosity without bringing in the topic of God's generosity. We serve a generous God, a giving God, a loving God, a God that wants to bless us and prosper us in all things, even as our soul prospers. So with that, I'd like to kind of give you an introduction of where we're going to go in this particular series. Let me say this. Have you ever wondered how certain individuals are able to be so generous with their time in helping other people? Would you like to be, let me ask you that question, would you like to be the person who gives of their time and energy to someone else? Let me ask you another question. Do you wish that you could be the one who gives a million dollars to your church or favorite charity? Think about that for a second. Wouldn't it be amazing to be able to give a million dollars to bless the work of the Lord? to build a church facility of some type or to add on to a church facility or build a gymnasium, help build a gymnasium for our young people in our communities to, to bless them. Now, I'm not trying to trick anybody you know, into believing that all of this will, will happen if you just listen to this podcast or if you just read the books that I've written on prosperity and generosity and finance and how to get out of debt. I'm not saying that that'll automatically happen. But as you listen to these podcasts, I want you to allow yourself to dream about being that person who gives abundantly more of your time and finances than you could ever imagine or even think. The word generosity means to embrace the quality of being kind and generous. Now, it's so wonderful to see the generosity of others in action, isn't it? Isn't it great when you see someone in the church bless someone or someone in your community build a library or build a baseball field for kids to play on or a gymnasium for kids to get off the streets and have a great place to congregate together and in, in, enjoy some fun times. It's wonderful to see that. When I think of that, I think of businessmen in our community who've donated time and money to you know to train people. I know of an individual who has spent a lot of time with his finances to train young college students who have a dream of being a successful entrepreneur. That's something that I've enjoyed in my own life is to be able to speak into other people my experiences, the things that I've done that have been blessing to me and to others, and the things that I've goofed up on, which wasn't a blessing. You know, we need to teach from the good things that have happened in our life and learn from the bad things that have happened in our life. You know, I think in generosity, I think of a busy mom who volunteers her precious time and her limited time, you know, to a school in order to help children who have a learning disability. What about the professional athlete who offers a free football camp to help kids learn how to play fair and to develop their skills? You know, Americans are the most giving people in the world the most generous people across this great earth that we live on. America remains the greatest success story that this world has ever seen. Could there be some kind of connection between generosity and long-term success? Well, we're going to talk about that, and I know that you're going to be blessed by it. To be generous is defined as showing a readiness to give more of something than is necessary or expected. Now, we are all blessed with the ability to be generous. Now, some of you are thinking, well, wait a minute here. That doesn't make sense because I don't have a lot of money to be generous. Well, being generous does not have everything to do with just money and giving of your finances. We need to learn how to give of our time and our talents and the abilities we have and our experiences to others. As we go through this series of podcasts, 
I don't want you to think that generosity is only money. It is far more than what money has to offer. Now, allow me to show you through this series when it's right and when it's wrong to think about generosity based on what's in it for me. Might be a little tough to catch it first, but I believe you'll be blessed by it. And when you receive this, you'll have a whole new attitude about our generous God. There's a passage of scripture I think we need to read to get this thing set on the right foundation. It's found in Romans chapter 12, verse number eight in the New Living Translation. It says this, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. That passage of scripture is telling us that we have gifts and we have talents and we have abilities. And whatever we have, we should share it with others. If we're a person who has a lot of common sense and we can understand things and how to explain things, we should sit down with people who maybe lack common sense. They can't understand common reasoning and just maybe explain things to them. You know, when I was, I should say, when my wife and I were raising our children, we wanted to teach them just about every aspect of life. I remember one day my son was walking across the yard doing something and I Look the way he was walking, and it looked kind of silly. Now, don't get upset with me, because I was just a father trying to teach my son something about being a man. So I walked over to him, and I said, let me let me show you how a guy ought to walk, Ed. And he looked at me, and he's kind of like, what are you talking about? And I said, here, let me let me show you. Let me explain to you. Walk with confidence. Don't, with not with an attitude, not with an attitude of, look at me, here I am, but just walk with confidence and strength and hold your arms a certain way and walk a certain way and just show confidence in the way you approach other people. And he looked at that and he said, you know, Dad, I, I never thought about that. I said, well, do you ever watch the way other people walk? He says, yeah, sometimes I think it's kind of cool and I want to walk the way they walk and I want to swing my arms the way they swing their arms or wherever it might be. And I realized that as a young man, he was probably 13 or 14 years old. As a young man, he was being influenced by the attitude of other people. And that happens in our life. So I wanted to use what gifts I had in business and in my banking career and in the things that I did in my life and the way that my dad taught me how to walk and how to talk and how to act around other people. I want to share that with my son. Now that is a form of generosity. It's taking what you have and sharing it with someone else. It's like a mechanic who knows how to fix a car. He uses his talent to teach someone else. It's like a carpenter that understands how to trim wood and how to cut wood right and how to do things a certain way so that your product turns out great. He has a gift and he wants to teach it to someone else. See, what I'm trying to show is that generosity is far more than money. Generosity is our talent. And the Bible's telling us whatever gifts that we have, we should share those with others. If you have a talent, then be generous with that talent. If you have finances, then be generous with your finances. If you have wisdom and knowledge, then be generous with that wisdom and knowledge. So let's move on and see how our God expressed his generosity. You see, the Lord taught us the greatest gift of generosity in the fact that he loved us so much that he gave his only son for us. He allowed his son Jesus to die on a cross and to be beaten and to die, and then he resurrected him. And Jesus had to go through all that because of God's generous love. So when it comes to generosity, all we have to do is look to the Word of God and see the generous gifts that he's given us, the generous love that he's given us, and allow that to get into our life that we'll understand how we can be generous and how generosity makes us a better person because we're sharing of what we have to others so that they can also be blessed. You know, when we're looking for something that we want in our life, it's kind of a common nature for us to think, what is in this for me? 
When you're looking for a shirt, you're wondering, will it make me look good? Will it make me look too fat? Will it make me look too skinny? Will it be the right color for me or whatever it might be? When you're looking to buy a home, we're looking for what's in it for us and what is this going on, home going to do? Is it going to be a blessing to our family? Is it going to have the things that I need? When we're looking for a car, we're looking at how can this be a blessing for what I need? Now, the reason I'm saying all that is it's not necessarily wrong when generosity comes into the picture to think what's in it for me. Because it's not a negative, selfish thing when you're looking for a car to see if it's going to meet the needs that you have. So generosity in itself can be a wonderful thing. You know, the Bible tells us that give and it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. So the Lord wants to bless us when we're a blessing to someone else. You know, when we want to buy something for someone else, sometimes we get a joy and excitement out of giving a gift to someone else because you know it's something that they need or that they want or that they desire. And so the something that's in it for us is that we'll be blessed when we bless someone else. You know, almost every purchase that we make holds that underlying thought that what's in this for me? What is it going to satisfy a need or desire they have? So don't think that that's a negative thing. Almost every time that we go out and buy something, or make a decision for something like looking for a church or a restaurant or buying clothes, finding a friend or applying for a job. Sometimes it's all right to think about what's in it for me. Now I realize I have to be careful in, in on this because I'm kind of walking a fine line here where people think this is a teaching on selfishness and self-centeredness, but it really isn't. You see, what I'm trying to teach is the understanding that the act of generosity will be a blessing to you. And there's always going to be a benefit back to each and every one of us. You see, everyone has met someone that they enjoyed meeting. Let's, let's look at it this way. Then they think that this person could possibly become a friend or at least someone to be fun with or a fun acquaintance. We talk with them over coffee and we discover how many things we have in common. The more we talk, the more we like them. Now, all of a sudden, we feel we have a connection with that person and that we like to be around them and they like to be around us because we like the same kind of food or movies or sports or clothing or vacations or whatever it might be. And after our meeting, we can't wait to see that person again or to tell someone else about the new person in our life who has become a friend. So if you think about it, isn't it true that when you meet a new person, aren't you looking for something in yourself to be satisfied? There's nothing wrong with that. When you're looking for someone that you can share with personal things or family thoughts or dreams or goals or desires in your life, there's nothing wrong with experiencing joy from giving of yourself to someone else. So that's the premise of generosity. There's something in it for us, not necessarily just the end results always for us, but as we're generous with others, it's going to come back to us. Let me ask you a question about a potential new friend, someone that you've met, you really think this is going to be great. Did you get excited about how this person could bless you or did you focus on what you could give to them? Think of that. Now, my intention here is is not to put you on a guilt trip about possibly meeting a new friend who might bless you because it's really wonderful to meet someone new, a new person, make a new connection, a new relationship starts to build, and you feel you've made a connection with someone that might be a a lifelong friend. Who knows? The, The Lord puts people, I believe, in our life to help us and encourage us. But I want to say, ask you this question. How many times do we evaluate someone by what they can do for us? You see, there's joy that you can get, but we've got to be careful that a friendship or a relationship is not just all about what can he do for us. It's the same thing with our God. Are we serving God because of what he can do for us? I hope not. 
But because we serve God, can we expect that he's going to bless us and do good things for us? Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that because God's word is filled with promises of how he can bless us and how he will bless us and how he desires to bless us and how he wants to be a blessing to us. You see, let's get back to individuals now. Every friendship must be built on the basis of what is good for both individuals. It's the same thing with the Lord. Our relationship with the Lord needs to be based on what's good for us and what's good for our relationship with God and how we can bless God and how we can bless the work of the Lord and how we can bless others. If we select friends based only on what we can get out of them, you know, that friendship will soon fail. It's the same thing in marriage, in business, in family, in church. As a matter of fact, it's the same thing in our relationship with God. If we have a relationship with the Lord, just based upon the fact that what can we get out of this, pretty soon something's going to happen and you're going to be disappointed and you're going to lose your faith and your trust in God because you were expecting too much out of the relationship. The way you get something out of a relationship is that you pour something into that relationship. Now, my wife and I have been married a long time. We are going to soon be celebrating our 55th wedding anniversary. And during that period of time, one of the things I've always had a focus on is that I wanted to be able to serve her greater than she serves me. I want to be able to do nice things for her. And I know that when I do nice things for her, I'm going to be blessed. She's going to be happy. And so it'll be a blessing in my life. But my focus is not so much on what I'm going to get out of this marriage and this relationship, but it's on what I can put into this marriage and this relationship. If I'm generous in the relationship, I'm going to get something wonderful out of it. I'm going to get a great blessing and I'm going to experience joy in that relationship with my wife. Matter of fact, why don't I extend on that just a little bit? This this whole teaching is on generosity, kind of what's in it for us. So let's talk about marriage. I know that there's not everyone listening in is married, but let me just see if you can gain something out of this. In marriage, when the Lord defined his plan for marriage in the Word of God, we read of something that is meant to last a lifetime. My words are not intended to judge anyone who's gone through a divorce. If you've gone through a divorce, a difficult time in your life, or if you're in your second or third marriage, then my prayer for you is that this marriage will be the last one for the rest of your life. And this one will last the rest of your life. It is my desire to help every married person or divorced person. And I want anyone who's gone through a difficult marriage not to take this teaching and think that I'm pointing out negative things that you did wrong. Not at all. I want you to grow from this. So if we want to use marriage as an example of generosity, what's in it for us, we need to look at it from a positive way of what can we give to that marriage. The way to bring stress into a marriage is for the husband or the wife to think, what's in this for me? What can I get out of this? If he'll just change, then I'll be blessed. Or if she'll just change, then I'll be blessed. The Lord designed marriage to bring two people together as one. Each person must approach marriage with a desire to serve and to bless the other one. Now, I've always believed that if each person has the correct relationship with our Heavenly Father, they will have the correct relationship with each other in their marriage. Most of us have heard it said that marriage is about giving and taking. Some men think it is all about them giving and the wife taking. They even laugh about it. But there's nothing funny about misunderstanding the relationship about giving and taking in marriage. You know, God never designed marriage to be something we joke about or manipulate in order to get what we want out of it. The successful marriages that I have seen are always based on both the husband and the wife 
deciding to try and outgive each other, to try to be more generous than the other person is. And if we do that and we want to do bless someone, that when we bless someone and when we're generous to someone, that blessing will come back to us and there's something wonderful in store for us. I want to address now generosity and the local church, the church that you attend. You know, if we serve a generous God, which we do, and he gave us life and he gives us everything, air to breathe and water to drink, and he just provides for us, then if he does that, then he's a very generous God. And we should learn how to bless his church in many ways. There's a lot of ways we can bless our church, not just in giving of finances. But let's see if we can't get a little better understanding of how generosity, what's in it for me when it comes to our relationship with God in the local church. See, one of the most frustrating comments a pastor hears from a member is this statement. I'm not being fed at this church. Now, I didn't hear that very often, fortunately, but every once in a while, there'd be someone that would come to me and say they'd been coming to our church for six months or so, and they'll say, you know, Pastor, I've got to leave and go somewhere else because I'm just not being fed. Now, you see, that comment is usually given as the reason they have decided to leave a congregation. Usually, I heard those words when someone is talking about their former church. They come in and and they'll say something like, the reason I left that church is that I wasn't getting fed there. When they say that, sometimes I believe this person's got the wrong attitude about church. Now, I'm not saying they shouldn't get good teaching. I'm not saying that the church they go to is in is correct and maybe preaching the wrong word or not preaching from the word of God or whatever it might be. There are reasons that church is not giving the information that you need. But many times when a person goes from church to church and basically accusing the church of not fitting them, not giving them anything, I have discovered that usually that person did very little to bless that church or to put much into that church. Anyways, in either case, whether they were being blessed or weren't being blessed, the congregant may be looking at a church with only one thought, what's in this for me? Now, What is a person saying by that comment that they're not being fed? Let's look at it just a little deeper. First, they may feel that they are not growing spiritually. Secondly, they may think they are more spiritually mature than the teachings that they are receiving. But in actuality, both of these statements may be true. However, I need to make a little comment here. Is that the reason to leave and look for another church? I don't think so. Now, I understand there are churches where a believer should not attend because a church is teaching contrary to what they believe is true in the Word of God. And I believe that if we feel we are not being fed spiritually at our church, we should meet with the pastor to explain why we feel that way. You know, if after our meeting, we believe the pastor is not in agreement with us and will not work with us, then it may be time to find another church. But just because we feel the pastor is wrong does not mean he is the problem. We may need to evaluate our own reasons to believe we are not being fed. So the premise of what I'm talking about here is that going to every church and going to church to church to church and basically saying, I want that church to be generous to me and to bless me and to give to me and to pour into me, but I'm not going to pour into them. I'm not going to be a blessing to them. I'm not going to give generously to them financially or from my talent or my, my faithfulness or my loyalty. It usually is a one-sided thing that what's, that makes them very uncomfortable. Now, if we decide to move to a different church, let me just make this suggestion that we approach the new house of worship with an attitude of, think not what the church can do for me, but what can I do for the church? I know that's kind of a playoff of what President Kennedy's statement, and that is to think not what 
the country can do for you, but what you can do for your country, well, I believe that applies to attending church. We need to think about what can we do for the church more than what can the church do for me. Now, maybe we should think about how we can be of help to this congregation and to its pastor. How can we be generous in giving our time and our finances and our past experience to help this congregation? We need to focus on what we can give rather than just what can we get. You know, as a matter of fact, the best way to grow spiritually is to be generous in giving to others. Now, in the local church, there's something we call church hopping. It is the process of hopping or jumping from one church to another. Now, since I was a child, I've seen those who change churches every few months or every year or so. The reasons given for hopping from church to church are are just too numerous for me to list because I've heard them all. Some of the reasons may be justified, but the primary reason that people church hop is due to the congregant looking for what did the church do for me rather than what did I do for the church. You know, I think this is a good point maybe to wrap up this particular teaching because if our relationship with God is based upon what can he do for me, what can he give to me, how can he pour out things to me, how can he be generous to me, what can I get, how do I get blessed, how do I get more blessing, and it's just always that way, we're not going to be very happy. Or sooner or later, we're going to start getting angry and upset and disappointed that we're just not getting enough out of our relationship with God. But in our relationship with the Lord, if if he was so generous to us to give his son, to give the life of his son that we could have eternal life, then what more proof does he have to give that he's a generous God? We know that God has given us his word generously to help us through our life, teach us how to live an overcoming life, how to be positive, how to have an attitude of gratitude, how to be thankful for the things that God has done for us. So with that all in mind, we need to think about blessing the the work of the Lord. We need to learn how to bless God. You know, some people think, how can I bless God? God has everything. You see, God has everything. It's true. He does have everything. But what he wants more than anything else, he wants us to give our heart to him and make a commitment to serve him and put him first in our life. The way that we're generous to God is to give him first place in all we do, in our finances, in our prayers, in our lifestyle, in our marriage, in our circumstances, in our job, in our careers, in raising children. All these things, God's got to be first. We have to be generous to him. And when we are, he's going to pour out a blessing that we cannot hold. Honestly, the blessing will be so great and so powerful, there will not be room for us to store the generosity and the blessing that God wants to pour out on us. So I hope as we've gone through this teaching and kind of introduced, this is more of an introduction lesson or session dealing with generosity of God and how we can receive his generosity. So I'm going to pray here in just a minute and ask a blessing over you, but I want you to hang in there and listen to these teachings that are upcoming. So Father, I pray blessing upon those who've heard this teaching today, and I pray that they would understand, Lord, that generosity starts with us that we must be generous in order to receive generosity back into our life. That yes, it's okay to think generosity, what's in it for me, or to think of our generous God and what can he do for me. But the bottom line of it is we've got to remember that we need to be a blessing in order to be blessed. And that's the way it has to be in order to understand true generosity. So Father, bless this lesson, bless this teaching, and bless the upcoming podcast, Father, as we take on a very challenging topic, one I believe, Lord, that'll encourage and bless and strengthen the relationships that people have in their marriages, with their families and their children, their jobs, their church, Father, and the relationship they have, most importantly, with you. Thank you for it now, and bless it, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Now, as I mentioned before, we're going to continue to move through this series on generosity and that we serve a generous God, and also to understand what is in it for us when we're generous and where can we be a blessing. I just think I'm excited about it. I hope that you are. So with that, I'd like to tell you about the upcoming lesson we're going to be doing our next session. The next podcast will be entitled, How to Receive Generously. That sounds like one that's just put your hands out and receive. Well, it's a whole lot more than that because we're going to talk about the goodness of God and how much He wants to bless us and what does it take in our life to receive the full blessings that God has for us, how to be able to receive God's generosity in a way that it'll be a blessing to us and to others. So I'm excited about it. I hope that you are and I hope that you'll tune in when we go to that session next time. So with that, I'd like to tell you that if you would like to get additional information on the teachings that I've had on prosperity, on faith, and all those various topics, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. And when you get there, you'll see a list of books that I've written dealing with issues with veterans since I served in the United States Army and served in Vietnam. There's helpful things there that I think will be blessing someone who's had either a good or bad experience in their military service or maybe could be suffering from a physical or emotional need that they're carrying from their time in the service, and they can be blessed by that. There's also books on how to get out of debt, experience the joy of debt-free living. There's a book entitled Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. It's a book on faith, and I believe that these books will be a blessing to you, so I'd love you to tune into my webpage, and I know that you'll be blessed, and there'll be something there that'll be helpful to you. If you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can simply do that by going to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So we come to the end of this particular lesson, and I hope that it blessed you, and I'm looking forward to the next one. So I'd like to close with, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and may he give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So until next time, may God richly bless you.